Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we are the Extra Sisters. Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to another Haunted Happy Hour. And this one you might know is coming. We've been kind of asking and posting about getting stories about visits from deceased loved ones. Or even if you have had... A, I actually found a lot of these happening to people. It seemed to be in dreams was a lot of discussion. So I tried mm-hmm. to get some of them more physical. But I actually only have dream experiences myself personally Mm -hmm. so that seemed to be a lot of what was going on and I also you know and which is totally valid I think that that's typically when our minds are open the most but we're going to talk about loved ones passing on and visiting us or sending messages or just things you know if you believe that even if you don't I think it's interesting because people process things differently and sometimes you know these things seeing little signs and things like that like even if you don't think you believe sometimes you can be made to believe so just absolutely you know you never know and on that note i'm gonna go first and this is a perfect one i'm gonna give you one from my fiance who by the way is a very analytical person does not believe in ghosts the paranormal stuff like that so i really thought it was cool that he gave me this story I was surprised when you said you had one from Connor, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I had heard half of this story before, but I had never heard the whole piece of it. So that was pretty cool. So here we go. My mom, who was always very spiritual, passed away when I was in middle school. I've never been especially spiritual, but I remember that for a couple of years afterwards, I'd always get this feeling of being watched. No malice or hostility, but definitely the sense that somebody hidden was observing me. Malice or no, it would always freak me out. Eventually, a couple of years later, I mentioned it to somebody that I regularly would feel watched and that while I didn't feel haunted, it definitely freaked me out. Not long after having this conversation, I had a dream. Maybe someone would call it a nightmare, but I'm not sure. I remember it was a fairly mundane dream, and then there was an intrusion, and suddenly I saw my mom's face. Again, no malice, but I got a strong sense of unease and woke up sweating. All I can assume is that she was lingering, or piercing the veil if you prefer, to check on me. Once she realized it was making me uncomfortable, she got one last good look. Maybe I was easier to see while dreaming, and then she stopped watching. All I know is that from that night onward, I never felt watched again. Wow. Yeah. So after his mom died I had heard that she appeared in a dream to him and it was just her face it wasn't she wasn't smiling she wasn't angry it was just her face and Connor and I were actually talking about it the other night that it maybe it was like yeah her saying goodbye like I'm sorry I was freaking you out I'll always be here for you bye wow yeah I mean I'd heard you you know tell me about Connor's mom before and you know, she died when he was not super young, but, you know, that's, that's still pretty young. Yeah. And to, I don't know. I mean, it's hard because as I, this is, death is super personal to everyone, you know, but especially if you've experienced loss. And I think I actually have a story of a pet because I think that is just that, that's such a deep cut too. I mean, mm-hmm. God. And and if you haven't and I think most people have but if you haven't experienced something like that it's so profound and it's a real struggle because I know we've talked about in some of the religious episodes about losing 
of faith and about, you know, detaching from Christianity, like me personally and, and you from Catholicism as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes along, going along with attaching to, like for me, I'm going to say atheism, but there are those conversations of, well, do you still believe in an afterlife? Do you still believe in anything spiritual, stuff like that? And a lot of people, you know, and atheism is also a spectrum. It's not like a dead stop on anything, but it's also like, you know, do I, do you not? I don't know, but it's hard to say. And so sometimes with these kind of things, it's like, it's, it's not black and white, you know? Right. There's something like, why are so many people seeing and feeling things? It's just so, yeah, it's just so weird. Like, and I, I, one of the things I'm going to talk about is actually a mass hallucination theory after people die. And I don't necessarily, I don't know. That's just something I, I find hard. People often hallucinate after losing a loved one or pet. They're called grief hallucinations. And one study found over 80% of elderly patients experience hallucinations of their departed spouse one month after their passing. And they specifically only studied elderly, but they are finding that when you are in intense major grief or you're processing a loss, that people hallucinate their departed loved ones. And it's like, but with what we know of the human brain, what if it only processes as a hallucination? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. what if it scientifically shows up as a hallucination because it triggers the same part of the brain as a hallucination would? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. That could be the stupidest fucking thing I've ever said in my life, but I'm just saying we know so little. We have scratched the surface of physical existence. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to say and maybe they are hallucinations and maybe they're not. Maybe they are people actually coming to visit. And even if they were hallucinations, if they bring people comfort, then who fucking cares? Right. But what if they're not? I mean, it's hard to believe that all of these people are experiencing hallucinations. And if it's okay, if I read this next one, when I was researching this, this is actually the one about someone's cat and they don't subscribe to this hallucination theory because they experience something a little bit more physical. So are you okay if I go ahead and read this one? Absolutely. Okay. So this one says, after our cat died, my wife and I would keep falling, feeling him jump on his usual spot on the bed. That's why the hallucination theory is problematic for me. Mass hallucinations are exceedingly rare, so when my wife and I reacted to the same pressure on the edge of the bed at the same exact time, it's suggestive to me that this was happening and it was not subjective, or in my head or in her head. I mean, my wife doesn't usually react to my imagination, right? That makes sense. Like, Mm -hmm. why would they both feel the pressure of their deceased cat jumping up on their bed and look at each other at the same time? Mm Mm-hmm. So when we were both experiencing it at the same time, it was unsettling. We'd also trip over him, or rather his ghost, if you want to call it that, in the hallways if he was darting in front of us. And this phenomenon lasted for about a month, and then it slowly tapered off and ended. And for the record, my wife is an atheist, and she has no guiding belief system as it pertains to the paranormal. So she was taken by surprise by the events. It was entirely against her worldview and prejudices. 
Another logical fallacy of the hallucination theory is the fact that in so many of the cases, the spectral form of the person appears to the living person before the living person even knew they were dead. That's the major hole in the theory as well, which I also have a story about that in a little bit from a listener. But easy to sweep under the rug if you don't report on it. Not mentioning it is almost as if the troubling data isn't there, but there are volumes of documented accounts that fill the literature. So the reason I specifically wanted to talk about that one is because of a lot of people will, you know, sit, talk about this hallucination because I don't know if you came, saw the hallucination theory when you were researching and kind of looking up this, but I saw the hallucination thing come up several times when I was looking at this about how we process grief and we have hallucinations because our brain is just wanting so bad like we're never going to see them again we're never going to experience them again touch them talk to them feel them whatever and so it creates it for us to Mm -hmm. protect us but that's not a bad point right there either that they were both feeling something and experiencing something and tripping over their cat and feeling it jump up on their bed you know yeah well actually I have a similar story ish that is not about a loved one coming back. And I've definitely told this in an episode, but I'll, I'll say it again here. Cause after I was talking to Connor about his mom, we were like talking just about ghosts and stuff the other night. And we both talked about this same instance that happened to us. And it was in our first house and we were having, you know, one of those stupid couple fights. And it was about a sponge. We had lost a fucking sponge and it ended up in like this, you know, blow up fight about something stupid about this fucking sponge and where did it go and what the hell happened to it. And we got home from the grocery store and that motherfucking sponge, it was a pristine kitchen. That motherfucking sponge was sitting on the counter. And he and I both witnessed that shit and we fucking knew it wasn't around we had literally just had that fight and there's no explanation for it the most we could come up with is okay what if it had been in the garbage disposal and the sink had overflowed and the sponge made it out okay but there would have been some trail of water there would have been water on the floor there would have been something nothing there was nothing around the sponge was just fucking sitting there so fucking creepy how is that a hallucination when we both witnessed that Right. And there are tons of, you know, accounts like that. And again, like, who knows, like, you could probably come up with a ton. And I know Connor's a logical person. So he's probably trying to come up with all sorts of theories. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, and it's so and it's hard, because obviously, like the burden of proof lies on people who make these claims, like, okay, you now have to like, like with religious people, you claim that there's a God. So now you have the burden of proof. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like with that kind of stuff, it's like, I can tell you that the sponge wasn't there and now it's fucking there. <laughs> you know? Right? Like where did it come from? Exactly. So it's just one of those, it's always going to boggle me no matter how atheist I am or how anti, I'm not going to say anti-spiritual because I'll never be anti-spiritual. That's not something that I believe. I think that spirituality, you know, is an individual journey and important to people, but like, you know, whatever I believe about the afterlife, I don't, I think that there is just things that we will never know. And I don't think you need to adhere to some God to make it to an afterlife in a proper way. But I think that there's definitely like, we don't know. And if people are, I mean, and you have granted 
they could totally all be frauds. But there are a lot of people that believe in mediums and go to mediums. And all these mediums are saying there is definitely an afterlife and your people are always hanging out with you. So who knows? Are they all liars? Maybe. But like, maybe not. I don't know. Right. Maybe people are just hanging out with you all the time that have passed on. Maybe there is a plane that we just can't see and they are just just chilling, you know. That's what I think. No longer in pain, but able to do what they want. There's no stress. There's no, like I said, there's no pain. There's no worry. They're not, they're not worried about you. They just want to be around you, you know, mm-hmm. like they want to help you. So and it's, what better way than, you know, dreams or something to see you and talk to you again. Exactly. Because your guard's completely down. Mm-hmm. You're not closed off to it. You're not distracted by the world. Because, like, it was so difficult just, like, because I do have stories from people that we asked, but also looking for stories from people, like, on Reddit boards and things like that, so many of them were dreams. Mm-hmm. Because that, I think the subconscious is just going to let things in or create them, either way. But it's just so interesting because I have had one particular experience, and I think I came to work the next day. I think it was on a, a weeknight, and it was in the past, like, year, I think, or maybe not year, not, maybe not during COVID, but before that, you know, when I actually went in and I I told you, I think, like, I think mm-hmm. I talked to my dad last night, you know? like Yeah, I think when you I- guys were sitting in the truck together? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. I think I've talked about it before, but it pertains to this episode. But, you know, I think that that was, you know, even and even if my head created that, I think it was because it that was needed, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want to discount that by saying, well, maybe I created it either way. But it in the moment and at the time and very well after, I definitely did not feel like it was fake. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know. So I got this one from my mama. She doesn't participate in the podcast a whole lot, but some people probably heard from her in our Mother's Day episode right in the beginning of our starting this podcast. And she has always been kind of spiritual. That's kind of where I get my side of that stuff. And I asked her for a couple stories. She actually gave me two. So here's her first one. When I was a little girl, I was extremely close to my oldest sister. She acted as a mother to me by reading me bedtime stories, tucking me in, and allowing me to climb into her bed when I was scared during a thunderstorm. This sister also taught me how to tune into other people's energies and be open to the paranormal. This sister also would tell me that when she died, she would come back to visit me. That is exactly what has happened. My sister passed away in the 1970s, two weeks short of her 20th birthday. Since that point in time, I have seen my sister many times. In my adult life, she tends to appear when I have stressful situations. I know she is here to help. Many years ago, I had pneumonia, and the majority of the time I was in bed. She sat on the edge of my bed. I could feel her touch my head. There are times I will see her, or she will move something in my house to make me pay attention to things. We still have a great relationship. I have learned how to understand what she is here for and what she is telling me. She has also become very close to my daughter, and appears to her when stressful things are happening in her life. She is here to protect us. And that is absolutely true. I have, she is one of the ghosts that has appeared to me at points in my life. And I've told you guys, I don't like see things, see things. I mostly feel it. Mm -hmm. But I have seen like an impression of somebody sitting on the edge of my bed. And I just, I know it's her. 
and there are a lot of things like that. She definitely still appears to me. And I know I can sometimes be like one of those, you know, hippie, kooky people, but I actually look a lot like her in pictures. And there are times that I wonder if she was not my past life, one of my past lives. Well, maybe it was just given back to your family, you know. Right. That's what they needed. Right, exactly. The second one I have for my mom is pretty short. I have an aunt that my daughter and I were extremely close to that has passed away. She does some of the same things. You will see her out of the corner of your eye in another room. She will move something in the house or make a strange noise. My daughter and I have gotten to the point that if we need one of them, most times we can just ask and they are here for us. I love having grown up to these experiences and I raise my daughter to be open and unafraid too. It's sad that others don't continue to have these relationships with their deceased relatives. That one is also true. I have seen that aunt out of the corner of my eye numerous times walking between rooms and I did we did an episode last year when my cousin who I love very much died and that was actually that's his mother that I see. And when he died, there was all of a sudden just I heard someone running down the hall in my house and I know that was her going to get her baby boy. Like I know it was. Mm. Well, at least they're together now. Exactly. Wherever they are or wherever we go, you know. Exactly. Actually, she had four sons and three of the four are dead now. And I'm not, I know that's sad tragedy, but at the same time, at least most of them are together now. Right. Yeah, definitely. So I added this one a little impromptu because it was on the hallucination thread, but this person does not subscribe to the hallucination thread either. And it was just underneath the one I just read. So I'm going to, it's really short. I'm going to just throw it in real quick. Okay. Because I think you'll find this really interesting and also kind of scary in like the dangerous way, but great. (laughs) I had this happen to me many years ago. My first love was killed in a car accident that I witnessed, and it was devastating. And sounds traumatizing as well. The third night after her death, she came to me in my sleep, and we went out to my pickup truck and went for a drive. We talked, we cried, we came to a sort of peace about the situation, and it was truly bizarre, and it was real. The next morning, my father asked me where I went for so long so late at night as he heard my truck leave after midnight, and I had burned more than half a tank of gas, and there was... The night before when I came home before bed, I was sleep driving or something. I don't, I didn't even think I actually left. I could have sworn it was a dream, but she was with me. And I came to find over time that she visited three people that night, her sister, myself, and her best friend. So this guy physically got in his truck, burned half a tank of gas. That's fucking terrifying. Had that conversation and then came home and didn't remember any of it. And actually went on a drive. I'm assuming in the dream he knew exactly where he was driving and was simulating Mm -hmm. the whole experience. He just didn't realize he was actually physically having that experience. Fucking terrifying. I know. But cool. Yeah. Right? Especially to visit all of your loved ones on the same night. And then to have that story. Oh, yeah, I saw her. Oh, yeah, I totally talked to her. Yeah. And I mean, even my dad was like, you know where the fuck did you go last night at midnight? Right. And to have your gas tank be emptied by half a tank. Like, right. Yeah. That's just one of those things where it's like, unless you just didn't know where your gas was, but like somebody else was like, Hey, where did you go? Like you left. Right. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. 
I don't know. That's, and that's one of those things where it's like, you know, I definitely think that you can, there is both. I think that some people hallucinate because they need to, but then there's stuff like that where it's like, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we have somebody reached out to us on Instagram to say this story. His username is good God, Greg, <laughs> which is cool. So this person basically said that they woke up the moment one of their old childhood friends died. Oh my God. Like right that moment. So I asked for a little bit more detail. So they said, I had moved away from my hometown and hadn't talked with my friend Sarah in several years. She was older and had polio growing up, so it wasn't too much of a surprise she had passed away. I went to bed like I'd normally do, and then I suddenly woke up several hours later at a weird hour, like 2.40 a.m. I'm typically a really deep sleeper, so I don't usually wake up in the middle of the night. Once I'm out, I'm out. So I thought it was unusual that this happened. So I woke up, and then I went back to sleep. The next day, I saw posts about her passing on Facebook, and I saw a local newspaper article saying she passed away at the exact same time that I had woken up. Not sure if this was one more last goodbye or what, but it has to be more than a coincidence. Wow. I definitely agree that it was, you know, if that was an old friend, even even if it had been a long time since you've spoken to, I think that it can be a long time since you talked to somebody, but if you had an impact on their life or the other way around and something happens, I think that we kind of imprint on people as we go through our lives. Mm-hmm. And when you die, if there is some sort of afterlife or something and you are able to kind of visit people and you kind of have limitless time to do so, or you can kind of stop time and do that. I think that that's, even if it's not one of those things where it's like, okay, this person meant a lot to me at one point. So yes, I need to go to my mother and my brother and have real conversations and visits with them, even if they don't realize it. But I also want you to know that you meant something to me. I'm just going to wake you up real quick. Right. Exactly. And let you know. Like a I'll miss you thing. I'm sorry. We never, you know, fixed our stuff. And even if it was just like, you know, I had a friend in elementary school that like we even every now and then like for birthdays and stuff or when something happens or like she had a kid or whatever. And it's like, hey, I just want you to know, like, I'll always love you, even though we're not really friends anymore. We still say that to each other. You know what I mean? Like that's an awesome relationship. I feel like people would I don't know. I would love to do that, but I feel like people would find that so weird. I think it's cool that you're open minded. Well, me and, and someone like that. Her name is Christina, and we still like we were like best friends in elementary school. She was the kind of friend that like we would wait. We would like just be giggling all night, and we'd get in trouble because we would just be <laughs> laughing all night. And especially like when my dad died and stuff. And I think also there's an added element where people feel <laughs> I hate this, but people feel sorry for me. Uh huh. But even aside from that, like Facebook has made things a lot of people shit on social media. You, Facebook has made things a lot easier for people to keep in touch that might not otherwise mm-hmm. would keep in touch because every now and then like on our birthdays and stuff we'll just be like hey like still rooting for you if you ever need anything you just let me know like even though I'm far away like you know stuff like that because there was never any bad blood or we just had different friend groups and grew apart and stuff like that yeah. but it's there was never any like I still want her to do well and I have a couple friends like that you know so I think if something were to happen and it kind of sounds like that was a situation. Like he just moved away from his hometown and she didn't. So 
just kind of could have been like that. Like, hey, like, yeah, when nothing ever happened, we just grew apart. And I just, hey, I'm going to miss you, you know. Mm-hmm. Hope you, you know, I just, I'm still rooting for you, you know. <laughs> so that's kind of what I would like. If I passed on and I like could be one of like, I would just go to every, like, if I could just have limitless time and you could stop time, I would just hit up everybody and be like, hey, I'm going to just wake you up real quick. Right. Bye. You know what I mean? Like he said, like a last goodbye. So yeah, that's cool. I think that's really neat. And especially if that's how you took it, because that's really profound, like waking up, finding out you woke up at the exact same time someone you used to know died. That's not just something you're like, huh, coincidence. No, that's like one of those little worms that's going to eat in your brain for a while. Yeah. Just think about that. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. So the rest of these came from Reddit. This one was posted by Napchan. I spent a few hours reading some stories here and wanted to share mine. It's probably not that interesting, but still felt really strange. By the way, sorry for the mistakes. I'm not a native speaker. My dad passed away in August 2020, not from COVID. He had a serious heart disease. I'm 20 and live with my boyfriend in another town. My sister is 16 and lives with my mom. So me and my boyfriend went to my hometown together for the funerals. Anyway. I'm the kind of person who prefers to ignore pain as a defense mechanism. Same, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I tried to keep the atmosphere as light as possible. I really tried to distract everyone from grief. So we spent some time watching movies, playing video games, talking about normal stuff, etc. First weird thing happened a few days after our arrival. Shortly before that, I began to get interested in 3D modeling and spent a lot of time on the computer and phone studying this topic. One morning, I woke up and scrolled through some memes on Reddit and then saw that my battery is low and decided to put it under my pillow, and I perfectly remember how I did that. From the morning to 12 p.m., without even visiting a bathroom, I was in my bed with my boyfriend. We were making 3D models. No one visited the room, and I'm 100% sure that no one tried to grab my phone from the pillow. But yeah, a few hours later, I decided to check it out and didn't find it. We searched everywhere. And then I found it right next to my dad's portrait in his bedroom. My mom wasn't even home. My sister said she didn't leave her room, and we know that she didn't come to our bedroom. I asked everyone a few times. They all said they didn't touch it. When my mom came back, I told her this story and then jokingly said, Remember how dad just hated that I was on my phone all the time? Haha, maybe he's trying to say, forget about the phone and spend some goddamn time with your family. My mom looked at me with all seriousness and said that I may be right, and she didn't even think of that. Turns out she has been crying for a week. Every night she talked to my dad about how difficult it is for her. We went to the kitchen and spent a few hours discussing things. In the end, she said that dad was right and we needed to talk. Later, after we came back home, we all saw dad in our dreams in the same night. I saw him in the apartment where I grew up. He was in a white suit that he never had in real life. I run to him in tears and hugged him, and he said, Hey, why are you crying? We're all going to the restaurant. It's going to be okay. I heard my mom and sister's footsteps, and then woke up. I immediately messaged my sister about this when I woke up. Surprisingly, she said, Oh my god, I saw him in a dream too! She saw him in our old house, working, like he always used to, in the same white suit. She cried and immediately hugged him, and he calmed her down. And finally, we told my mom, and she said she saw him too. Same white clothes, In her dream, she was in their current apartment, and they accompanied me to another city. My dad waved me, saying goodbye. Then he turned his head, smiled, and told mom, well, 
I'm going to stay here, and hugged her. Mom even said that our dog was surprisingly happy that night. He was running and barking while sleeping. Maybe my dad visited him, too. Anyway, maybe that's silly, but I just want to believe that it was my dad. Oh, that's not silly. That's so sweet. I, I, I do this a lot, too. So my, my therapist even said this to me. I do. I know I'm being dramatic, or maybe this is silly. It's mm-hmm. never silly, and it's never dramatic. You don't have to apologize for your experiences. I do it too because I was gaslit as a kid. But you know, I think right. You know, but no, that I I that's not silly at all. That's uh, yeah. Those and those are some intense experiences. Like reading reading them out as a story, it's like we listen and we're like, oh wow. But experiencing mm-hmm. them, a different level of intensity. Like imagine, you know, like. experiencing no that's crazy yeah it makes me wonder like so with connor's mom doug i mean loved that woman to death they had their problems but that that's connor's dad doug and i wonder almost those guys don't talk because they're guys but i wonder (laughs) if they were to talk and if he would be like oh yeah i had a dream about your mom the same night Maybe you should bring that up to Connor and be like, ah, y'all just drink together and see what comes out. <laughs> right? <laughs> Smoke a little bit, you know. <laughs> right? You, know, you never know. It'd be interesting. I mean, my mom and I don't talk about, like, we talk about my dad a little bit, but not, like, very specific nights. So it would be interesting. Like, you know, there's one time I was, like, really struggling. Like, I do most of my crying in the car alone because nobody can fucking bother me. And... <laughs> You know, except for somebody looking over and being like, the fuck is your problem? But then you just move on, you know, next to the to the next light. But there was one. It was like just like a year or two after he died. But my dad and I had a song and it was Dream On by Aerosmith. And it my fucking. okay. the crazy part is the car I was driving. My radio didn't fucking work. Okay. Okay. I was driving and I was just sobbing because I, I miss my dad, you know, like, yeah, I, I was in the thick of the grief. Like I still struggle sometimes, but now I'm doing better. I was just sobbing and like, I have really like struggled with those, you know, like I want to die and be with my dad feelings before. And I think anybody that has been there, if you've really lost someone or an animal, like, I'm sorry if you don't, you can cut this out, but like in your case, Kristen, like you just want to be with them. Mm-hmm. and I shit you not my radio turned on and it was on a local radio station and it was on and that song started playing in my car and I was like the fuck first of all it scared right. the absolute shit I out fucking of me because my radio didn't fucking work I had to literally listen at the time it was an iPod I had to listen to my iPod shoved in my seatbelt by my chest to listen to music and my radio turned on and it was playing dream on on a local station that's fucking crazy i know and i then i started crying even harder i bet because i really truly felt like that was not a coincidence either no like how would that fucking be he was like i'm here for you or i still love you or don't cry or yeah yeah right so 
you know, those, and that's one of those things where I'll be like convicted and like, no, like even if there is an afterlife, it stays there. And then the things like that happen. And I'm like, well, Uh (laughs) you know, it's hard to to be so convicted in that because, you know, and then people can be like, well, it just kind of happened, you know? Okay. But maybe, but that song, that time broken radio didn't work after that. Didn't work before that. Right. So no that was definitely somebody like reaching out absolutely yeah so this person i'm gonna keep anonymous because they we actually didn't talk about this but they've sent in stuff before and wanted to stay anonymous so i'm going to assume that that is still the case they sent in two separate stories and this first one one night i was probably eight years old i woke up to my parents having a small party Everyone was sitting around the living room playing dominoes, and I peeked out to eavesdrop some adult tea. See what the adults were talking about. Well, I caught a glimpse of my great-grandpa Boots sitting right behind my mom. He looked at me. He's dead, by the way. He looked (laughs) at me and put his finger to his mouth, telling me to be quiet. I felt super safe and went back to sleep. He passed when I was three, but I know he's around my mom all the time, especially because I can smell tobacco and a corn husk pipe. So that's so cool. It's cool that she saw him, but especially cool that her mother's grandfather is always around her mom Mm -hmm. as kind of like, I'm like a protective figure in her life because one, she felt safe. That's awesome. But two, also that she saw that her mother is also being protected by family. Right. So the same person sent in another story. And I would like to just put a quick trigger warning on this one because it does involve a story of someone killing themselves. So it's really quick and it's right at the beginning, but it is, you know, a really personal story. So, I mean, if you made it through the trigger warning, you can make it through the story, to be perfectly honest. But it does personalize that act. So I just wanted to let you know if you struggle with hearing about that, then you should click away. Click away. Stop listening. You know what I mean. <laughs> My uncle committed suicide while I was in high school. The summer after his passing, I had a very vivid nightmare. And there are only a few parts I remember. One, he asked for water, and two, he said, she needs help. After that, in the dream, it cut to me getting a call from a friend who needed a ride. This friend was leaving her boyfriend because he hit her and she was pregnant, but she specified that no one knew, not even the boyfriend. Then the dream cut back to my uncle yelling my name, and a gunshot went off, and the sound was real. Jesus. Yeah. I woke up screaming with no sound. I could not move. I could not make a sound or breathe, but tears were streaming from my face. Finally, I was able to move. I called 911 to report the gunshot, then called my dad to come home. There was no sign of a gunshot by my window or anywhere near my house. A neighbor behind us was in her yard all morning and heard nothing. So fast forward to two weeks. A friend calls me panicking because she needs a ride. Her boyfriend hit her, and she has no one to come get her. I arrived at her apartment, and as we are driving, she tells me she's pregnant, and she hasn't told anyone, not even her boyfriend. 
This one is really emotional for me to share. So she said, so she's still processing the connection with her uncle, but she said that he was a wonderful person. And obviously, you know, people just, their reasons are their reasons, you know? Yeah. So. uh, Wow. Her uncle came to her in a dream and told her all that was going to happen before it happened. That's fucking crazy. And that she has a place, you know, I think it's cool that she has a place to help people, you know? Yeah. So, and obviously I could see how like processing all of that stuff is like, especially like, and and obviously there's no details about anything, but like hearing all of like a gunshot and like all of this, Mm -hmm. and maybe it was a premonition as if, I I mean, I don't know. Like this is this totally like, that's insane. Just like having to deal with all of that in one dream and be that emotional. And the fact that it was so real to call nine one one, that is, Mm-hmm. No, that definitely. I, I, you know, ah, man, what is kind of one of the reasons I've broken away from, or one of the many, many, many reasons I don't, I have issues with religion, Christianity in general, is because of the whole suicide straight to hell thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. Obviously, that's not true, and I think stories like that obviously are proof that. Uh, that's just another struggle that we deal with as humans and humanity and people deal with things and sometimes it kills them Mm -hmm. like cancer and just like any other disease, just like COVID, (laughs) you know? Right. And obviously he still comes back and they still have a connection. So that's just one of those things with the afterlife that makes, it's just, I mean, I have a question with your, family's catholicism but also belief in the paranormal how does that reconcile you know um you know that is a question that i have always asked my mother because y'all know i just consider i know it's like cliche but i just consider myself spiritual there's parts of hinduism that that i agree with there's parts of catholicism that i agree with there's parts of just paganism that i agree with so i just bring all of that into myself so but my mom is more catholic or at least she used to. She has actually changed religion since. But I did ask her that one time. I was like, how do you reconcile that? And I didn't really get a great answer, but it was basically just the same thing that I have said of that she basically just takes pieces on herself and just, you know, it's like Legos. You just add another piece to it. But I think it helped the fact that all of the our spiritual stuff really came from my grandmother's side of the family. And my grandmother is not Catholic. She is because she had to marry my grandfather in the church. So she like converted to Catholicism, but she's not really Catholic. So all of that Catholic stuff really came from my grandfather's side. And he doesn't believe in any of that shit. Mm. Yeah. And I'm not saying you can't be both at all. I definitely think you can. I'm talking about like, you know, strict Catholicism, strict evangelical, you know, and I'm not saying that y'all were strict Catholics. It's just interesting to hear, mm-hmm. you know, where people come from in their religious experiences and where they land with their spiritual experiences. Because I think they, especially now as people are becoming more progressive and figuring out things mm-hmm. that in the Bible and may have not quite been written the way that they thought they were written. Right. It's just interesting to hear those worlds colliding, you know, mm-hmm. because I can't imagine telling someone because they struggled with mental health that they're condemned, which they are not, you know. Right. I mean, 
honestly, y'all, me reading that story from my mother is the first time I ever knew that my Aunt Lana was spiritual. Really? So it's, yes. So, or believed in, you know, ghosts and things like that. I figured, you know, she was raised Catholic. She was probably Catholic or, or was nothing. So it was probably something that was really held close to the chest and not a lot of people knew in in my mom's family really personal to her and not something she really wanted to share anyways which honestly is how I feel about it like yeah the reason that I share this information with you guys is well first of all you can't see my face I know that's pretty cowardly you can't see my face you can't super judge just my voice but it is incredibly personal to me that Mm -hmm. I only share that stuff with people that really know me like it took me a while to share that stuff with Amanda and that's another reason why I talk about it on here is because Amanda already knows and I'm basically only talking to her right now (laughs) I know y'all listen but I'm just having a conversation with my best friend well and it's kind of like when it when that publish button hits it's like out there okay I'm not gonna think about it anymore it's done (laughs) you know what I mean right right exactly I'm sure there's people out there that think I am such a kook and you know there's sometimes I think the same thing about myself but it is what I believe I think that all of these experiences are valid. I think that the th- the experience we just read about her uncle visiting her in her dream is beautiful. I mean, I know it was terrifying, but that connection that they have is real and valid. And it's probably, I'm sure, difficult to process and navigate. But I think that that is something that is invaluable to have as a force in your life, whether you understand it or you don't, or think you believe it or you don't like mm-hmm. just the fact that you, you know, believe that you have it and that you have family that's sticking around. And I was also teaching you things and showing you things. And also like, this is totally me taking Liberty. And I absolutely mean no disrespect in talking about this, especially because it's such a sensitive subject and it's such a sensitive way in which her uncle passed away. So to this person, I really hope you take no disrespect to this, especially because I know how much it takes for you to share these things. And I value that. And I, you know, I am very honored that you would share that with us and let us share that story. But, you know, I, I definitely like, the lessons that we can learn from, you know, people struggling with their mental health in our family. And when that happens, like it's, it's horrible to go through and experience and you never want to, I hear that happen to somebody, but especially if they're coming back and teaching you things about it and talking, uh, talking to you, you know what I mean? Through dreams and Mm -hmm. stuff. It's like, you know, and I've heard through things, and again, I don't necessarily know how much people believe in this kind of stuff, but you hear through like things like mediums and people coming back and talking to people in their dreams like that have died from their mental illnesses in those ways. It's like, I'm okay now, you know, mm-hmm. like, it, I don't know. It's just, it's, I, everything's a teaching moment, I guess, hard to explain <laughs> right. what I'm trying to get at, so... especially being in high school and having to experience that and understand that and process that, that, that had to have been, yeah, that's, that's a lot really difficult. And even still in our twenties, that's still something that I want, I'm, if they still visit you or if you still get dreams, you know, that's, I, I mean, I'm sure that's scary, but that's still, that's really neat that you do have that connection. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't particularly like this term because it's so religious, but I mean, it definitely feels like a guardian angel thing. Like you just have people looking out for you. Yeah. And other people too, like that friend, Mm -hmm. you know, right. He was like, Hey, you have a friend that really needs you because obviously that friend meant a lot. So, right. This is also from Reddit. This is from Anemia793. Have you ever gotten a strange phone call right when you mention a loved one who has passed? If you have, you know how strange it can be. This incident in particular happened late one night in my grandma-in-law's kitchen. Grandma had a sister-in-law who was visiting from the East Coast. She had gotten in late that night, and I went over to visit the two of them with my husband. We were all sitting around the kitchen table, the same one my grandpa-in-law's mother had owned when she built the house. There were a lot of jokes going around the table, and Grandma started coughing from laughing too hard. Now, she was a poor health as it was, and she was supposed to take breathing treatments. However, with her having so much fun, a rare occasion since Grandpa had passed, she didn't want to leave the table. My husband was concerned and told her she had to take her breathing treatment. After some convincing, she got up and started heading in that direction, but then she got sucked back into the conversation and distracted from her treatment again. She again started coughing heavily. This was the moment when my husband told her again she needed to take her treatment. If Grandpa saw you right now, he'd be nagging you to take your treatment, my husband told her. That's right, Grandma's sister-in-law said. Don't make me have him call you. Grandma gave a little yeah right kind of chuckle. Right at that moment, the sister-in-law's track phone that she only uses when traveling started to ring. We all stood there spooked for a moment, and the sister-in-law went to answer. It immediately disconnected when she opened it, after several rings. The weirdest part was that this was at around 11.30 East Coast time on a phone that no one would have the number for outside of immediate family. Grandma immediately took her breathing treatment after that, not wanting to argue with what could have been a message from beyond the grave. Her husband had always reminded her about her treatments while alive, so it wouldn't be unusual for him to do the same after. I'm not sure exactly what happened there, but I like to think it was Grandpa. I know that my grandma felt the same way, too. Especially after other instances of footsteps in the house and sounds of him getting up in the night for water long after he passed. Mm, The footsteps. I love that one because, you know, we have all received those, we pick up a phone call and there's nobody there. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Especially like, wonder. right after, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? That's exactly. Rough. Yeah. And it's also like when you talked about like seeing someone out of the corner of your eye, I don't know, that shit would terrify me. I guess if I they were distinctly someone, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But if I yeah. wasn't sure, that would terrify me. No, it's, it's definitely someone like like I I saw my aunt Hayes I remember I was walking down the hallway and there was you know a doorway that crossed in front of me to go into another room and I fucking saw her walk in front of me absolutely Mm. yeah okay I mean I guess if I I think it would just be like the shock I guess if you've experienced this your whole life it's not shocking but like right now right if I saw the man that I have wanted to see for the last 10 years more than anything in my entire life show up in the corner of my house. I think I would drop like just pass out from shock. You know what I mean? Like I don't, right. not that it wouldn't be like a welcomed visit. It's just like, I don't know if my brain could handle that. 
like wrap my head around it. Right. I mean, this has just always happened to me. That's why I'm comfortable with it. But I honestly, I said the same thing to Connor when we were talking about that fucking sponge. I tell you guys all the time that what I, it's more of a feeling. Yes, I saw her walk in front of me, but it was like a blurry out of the corner of my eye thing. So it's also something where I could be like, no, I didn't really see that. That fucking sponge fucking happened. And that took my breath away. It's different to actually have something in front of your face that you cannot explain away. Even me, who believes in this stuff, can still be skeptical with my own things. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if it presents as it always does, that's one thing. But if it changes, it's like, the fuck? <laughs> right. You know. It's like, oh, so this shit I believe is fucking real. That's, it's like you get slapped in the face with the, with the truth. It's weird. Yeah. And scary. Yeah. Mm. Well, and too, like, I'm sure you usually know what the intentions are, but like with the sponge, like who the fuck moved the sponge? I mean, I'm pretty sure that was also my aunt Hazel. And I think she was tired of hearing us bitching. I honest, honestly, cause that's the kind of attitude she had. So I feel like she was like, Oh my fucking God, here's the fucking sponge. She's like, one of you motherfuckers moved it and don't remember. Here it is. Exactly. I think that's exactly what happened. And in that same house, like, I remember being upstairs because we have, like, no insulation in this house. So we kind of, in the winter, we had to be up in our bedroom with, like, a little heater. And he was at school one night. He was in college. And I was upstairs with the cats trying to keep warm in our bedroom. And I fucking heard people walking around downstairs, walking and talking. Absolutely. We lived in... Mm -hmm. Like, I'll admit, we lived in a triplex, so it could have been the people next door, but the only time I ever heard the people next door was when they were running up and down the stairs. That's it. So for me to actually hear people talking and walking around downstairs freaked me the fuck out. Mm -mm. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. My father passed away last January, and for the first couple of weeks, I could feel his presence around me, but it was more likely the grief. My But my sister was driving home from work in her pretty much brand new car and the passenger seatbelt light went from on for went on for about five minutes. She had nothing in her passenger seat. And again, I'm sure most of you know the passenger seat airbags and seatbelt things, they only go on if there's like the weight of a person in them. Right. Or like substantial weight. Yeah. She had nothing in her passenger seat and the car was new. So assuming it wasn't a mechanical thing. I've seen two orbs, but I don't quite believe in them. I had a dream once where my dad was there, and I just bear-hugged him. He was a bigger guy, so I could never get my arms fully around him, and that's exactly how it was in my dream. Then a few months ago, my uncle was in critical condition in the hospital, and while he was sedated, he said that my dad came to him and took his pain away. Within 24 hours, my uncle made a dramatic recovery and was released later that week. Nothing crazy like him actually appearing to me, but these little things every once in a while make me think he's watching over me and my entire family. So the reason I put that one on the list is because I have kind of a personal story about something similar. Okay. So I don't know if, okay, so when people are dying, obviously there's a lot of stuff happening in their brain, right? Right. So when my a dad was dying, I vaguely remember this story about him talking to his mom and wow. so I don't know the reason I bring that up is because that person said 
you know, his dad came and took his brother's pain away. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you are close to death, especially if there is an afterlife, that's really when that veil, when you're born and when you're dying is when that veil Agreed. is just so thin or gone. Like you're right there. So I've, you know, I think that you could definitely be hallucinating, but at the same time, or, you know, you've got all these things firing in your brain and especially, you know, I know he was on a lot of morphine and I'm not going to say that he wasn't, but also what if his parents were just there waiting for him? I 1000% believe that my, my cousin Rob, who died recently, I went out to visit him in Washington before he died and he literally said, he's like, oh yeah, my brothers have been around. My um, my mom has just been like right here and you could feel her. Like he had a smallish little house and I was sitting on one couch and he had like a chair to himself and you could feel someone like hovering next to him in the corner. And he even said, he's like, as I get closer, they're getting brighter. You know, that's got to be scary, but at the same time, that's got to be, like, comforting because death inherently, I think, as human beings is a scary concept. Mm -hmm. But I'm hoping that when we get there, whether for, you know, whether it's our brains or if it's people waiting for us, I'm really hoping it's the latter, that takes away that fear. Like, all right, well, I'm just going to die and then go hang out with them. Right. You know, because it does, it gives you something to go towards, move on to, you know, like in the story, Mm -hmm. her uncle and her grandfather are very protective figures in her life. And so, you know, she's already seen them or at least in, in the dream. And then once physically on this plane. So the next one, they're just going to be obviously there even more. And then same thing for, a lot of these other stories, even our animals, like, you know, I've my little senior dude, like I really, you know, yeah. the, I lost my little senior pug and we only had him for a short time, but I don't care who he belonged to before me. He's mine, you know? Right. So, I mean, I just hope that there's a whole, like every animal I've ever owned and, you know, is just there waiting so that you can just kind of fade from this world to the next. And I also think that you hold on for people like my mom was talking to my dad. And I think that you hold on for people here. And my mom physically told him like, you know, you can let go. It's okay. And then he Mm -hmm. did, you know? Right. And then he died like that night. So she told him that during the day and he died at like one o'clock in the morning, like the next day, which was just a couple hours later so I think we hold on here to try not to go meet them because you know that you're gonna leave Mm -hmm. this but like you probably want to go so badly because like you're just seeing this whole reunion of people right like just get brighter and brighter like the parents that you no longer have the friends you longer have and I mean you've got to feel some sort of sorrow for leaving obviously his children and his wife like in my dad's case But we were probably becoming, if that's the case, like your cousin said, they're probably so bright because he is so close to death and we are probably so dim. So he's probably Mm -hmm. just barely hearing us. 
but trying to hold on to that very small little sliver of something and then just being told by that little last voice which was my mom that he could hear like go he's probably like okay you know right exactly not that he wants to but at that point there's there's no choice no coming back it's happening whether you are ready to go or not so yeah right so I hope that that's the case because that would, you know, it makes everyone feel a little bit better and it's not scary. Even if you have a horrible, you know, death, ex- like your cause of death, I'm sure at some point, hopefully that pain is just gone and you're just with your family. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, you know that that's basically how I feel. I'm afraid of how I will go, but I am not afraid to go. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see, you know, my aunts and my grandparents haven't gone yet but they are both in full-blown dementia and alzheimer's like they're basically gone to me so it'll be nice to see them again someday yeah as themselves aware yeah right yeah definitely one last story this is also from reddit and this was posted by rubens miha I want to share this experience that happened to me around 15 years ago when i started to study in a town away from my parents home There was one man, let's call him Tony, which was a good friend of my father, helped him at work sometimes, hence I hanged out with them usually. When I was 17, I moved to a bigger city to start university, so I traveled every two months to visit my parents for long weekends or vacations. After my second year away, this friend Tony died from alcohol abuse. My father told me on a phone call how that happened, or at least how he heard it happened. Around two months later, on Day of the Dead, here in Mexico, I went to visit my parents, also to go and visit the tombs of the family as the tradition goes, and at this point I literally forgot about Tony's death. The apparition comes around because I didn't catch the bus that arrived during the day to my parents' hometown, so I was forced to take one that arrives there around 2 a.m. It is quite a small town, so since I didn't find any taxi near the bus station, I decided to walk home. Around five blocks away from the house, I had to pass on a bridge where people say that a decapitated donkey spirit scares people during the night. I was a bit scared, to be honest. But then suddenly this friend Tony reached me on his bike. I didn't mention that he always moved on a bike. And asked me if I was just arriving from university. Maybe because I was originally thinking about the decapitated donkey, I completely forgot about the fact that the Tony was supposed to be dead. So I started to talk to him. And we walked passing the bridge and a couple more blocks for around four or five minutes, talking about the school, the food on the other side of the city, stuff like that. Just one block away from my parents' house, he told me, okay, I have to go check some other things over here, pointing in another direction, but keep safe. Say hello to your father for me. We said goodbye, and then I got home. Since it was early morning, I walked directly into my room and waited the next day to see my parents. It was... It wasn't until the next morning, when I was just about to tell my father about Tony, that I remembered that he was already dead. At that moment, I didn't tell my parents. But a bit later into the day, my father told me that he saw me arriving. He asked me if I was drunk or something because he saw me talking to nobody. So then I told him. I think it was some kind of company on that bridge that I was afraid of because of the stories. And also because of that scare from the donkey story. I didn't even pay attention to the fact that my company was someone I knew was already dead. It was kind of funny for me, and I actually never felt afraid at that moment. So, thanks to that old friend that was there with me, even after death. 
When you forget someone's dead, (laughs) you have just gone on to a whole different like level of consciousness. I think right when they are so real, you're just like, I didn't even remember you were dead. Like, holy shit. I like that story. I think that's sweet that he just like walked them home, made sure that they got there safe. Yeah, that's the kind of well, okay. I want to be two different types of ghosts. (laughs) <laughs> that kind and then the kind that just torments people but only the people that deserve Bad people it. yes <laughs> only the people that deserve it pedophiles in prison racists yeah yeah donald trump rapists right same person yeah. all all combined yeah all, of them. <laughs> all wrapped up into one orange bow <laughs> orange bow <laughs> yep Oh my god, I have to share really quick because this is fucking hilarious to me. Fox News had this, okay? So that makes it even more ironic and hilarious. They want to rename Mosquito State Park into Donald J. Trump State Park. Do they not even understand the... Like, I mean, y'all can have that one, I guess. Like, he is a fucking mosquito. Didn't he want to destroy State Park? Like, isn't he he take (laughs) land away from State Uh, Park? I know, right? Whatever. He is a mosquito. Mm-hmm. So funny. Oh, parasite. Yeah, exactly. That one fits. I know mosquitoes technically aren't parasite, but there's blood sucking little insects. Exactly. Ugh. Blood sucker. Ugh. I swear that man's gonna live forever because he's like Because he has sold his soul to Satan. <laughs> Satan doesn't even want that shit. <laughs> he's like, no no. He sold a soul, but never mind. Have you seen that there's a gold Trump statue? Like, this is yes, literally a cult. Oh my God. It's a cult. Yes. Crazy. CPAC, I think. Yeah. Yep. With the Nazi symbol stage. Fucking crazy. <laughs> yep. God. Well, maybe we'll. Never mind. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. But if you didn't get to share your story and you missed out and you forgot, you know, send it in. We'll maybe add it on to a different one or do another one of these another time. I know this wasn't really haunted, but, you know, I mean, haunted is subjective, I guess. Yeah. Haunted says scary, but like, I guess it doesn't it have be to be. sweet, too. Yeah. Because these were like sweet stories. Tried to keep it that way. Like light yeah. I mean, I'd still be scared if, like, somebody popped up in my house and was like, hey, I missed you. I was like, what the fuck? Right? Or Connor's dream. That thing always scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... I mean, I've had, like, dreams of my dad that were cool. Like, we were just, like, out gardening. Like, that one was cool and, like, talking mm-hmm. in the truck and, like, getting caught up and stuff. But there are other ones where I'd be like, no. <laughs> you, <laughs> you stay. I'll just Right. We're good. Like I miss you and you just um, Yeah, right, exactly. So. I'll I'll see you later. I'll see you later. Yeah, hopefully in about 40. Wait. <laughs> no. 50? I don't know how long I want to live. Years. I'm jury still out. I don't know how much of this climate change stuff I want to be a part of. Right. How hot is it going to be? <laughs> How much is it going to snow? Yeah. Our temperate weather is going to be gone. Yep. So I don't want to be here. We'll see. You know, to be determined in like four years. So. (laughs) 
Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out. Thank you so much for submitting your stories. If you sent them in much appreciated and thank you for contributing to our little podcast here. And hopefully you know where to hang out with us by now. All the socials are the extra sisters podcast, except for Twitter. That is the extra sisters. And of course, if you'd like to hang out with us on Patreon, you can hit us up over there. It is just the extra sisters podcast and for you can join it for as little as a dollar a month. Thank you guys so much. Until next time, stay creepy.